Welcome to Group Talk, a podcast conversation focused on relevant issues for leaders of small group ministries. Whether you are a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you are a lay leader or staff, we want to encourage, equip, and challenge you to thrive in your ministry context. The Small Group Network exists to inspire, inform, support, and resource one another because we are better together. Now, let's get ready for today's episode of Group Talk. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to Group Talk today. My name is Eric Falsanella, and I am with Pastor Steve Gladen today. Wow, so formal, so formal. I mean, when, when I'm with Carolyn, she's... She's more of a friend. Well, okay. I'm sorry about that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn how Carolyn does this, because she is the pro, there's no doubt. Yeah. We, Carolyn, we miss you, and we know you're listening, but uh, she's, uh, she's taking time off, which is, you know, i.e. she's flaking, but uh, <laughs> we'll just kind of continue. Hey, that's fine. Carolyn, we love you. All right, guys. Well, I actually, I'm very excited about today. Um, obviously, you know, Steve Gladen is the founder of the Small Group Network, which most of us already know that. I think you have five decades of ministry experience. Is that correct? Shut up. You know, <laughs> not that many decades. Well, how many decades, honestly? How, how long have you been in ministry now? Uh, man, 82. 82, as painful as that sounds. Okay. I was five. <laughs> Shut up. All right. Well, very cool. Well, you know what? I know that um, there's a lot of people listening today. Obviously, you know, this is geared towards, you know, small group ministry leaders, a lot of leaders out there that um, they're all, they're going through a variety of different things out there. Some of them are doing great. Some of them need support. So there's kind of just that balance out there. But Steve, today we would love to hear a little bit more about kind of your experience as it relates to, you know, working with senior pastors and about what does it mean to, you know, to work in an environment where, you know, you might have support of a senior pastor, you might not, and how, and how that looks in the real world. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is one of the number one issues we get in the small group network uh, at conferences, uh, when we are doing uh, shows, whatever we're doing, some of the the common questions that float into us is my my, my senior pastor's uh, not on board, and the the big issue is they're trying to figure out okay how do I how do I wrestle with that? So uh, uh, on this episode, what we want to do is, is walk you through uh, some different steps on things that you can. Uh, practically do to help your senior pastor get on board. Sounds fun. Definitely sounds fun. I think you're lying, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna jump into this because uh, if if you're watching us on Facebook Live, uh, Eric is not into this right now. I think he's just not a morning person or something like that. So I'm Dude, gonna help you. Come uh, on. I'm just gonna help you figure this out. So uh, hey, let me uh, let me just jump in. I want I do want to walk you through some tactical things you can do because part of uh, working with senior leadership. It is a skill as much as it is, you know, part of your calling to work around and say, okay, how do I, how do I, be, how do I become part of this team? That's why one of my, um, I have three interview questions I ask all the time. One of them have, is, have you played a team sport? Because part of what happens is when you've played a team sport, you get working around with other players doing other things uh, in the school systems. They, they try to do this through group projects. Uh, there's many things, but let me uh, just jump in with seven things that uh, you should have on your radar as you're dealing with uh, senior leadership, a senior pastor, uh, when you're trying to 
uh, change the culture to help them see the importance of small groups. So first Steve, thing, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, why, why seven? I, uh, because I was doing six, okay. uh, but every podcast I do six. So that, now someone's going to write a blog on, you know, six, six, six. So uh. <laughs> I had to, I had to throw it in a seven, baby. All right. Cause that's God's number. Come it on, is. Man. It's a very special, good, special number. Yeah. It's kind of like a goofy thing with me. So, all right. Can I, can I continue? All right, go. Okay. Quick button in. <laughs> <laughs> number one, uh, humility, not entitlement. And, uh, let me kind of walk through that, um, when you are when you're on staff, part of where uh, what I like to tell staff is uh, seek to be discovered. Uh, try not to make yourself discovered, and part of that is um, being humble in the role that you're called to. Um, we always say uh, cream rises to the top, and if God's called you to that church, you know. Work on humility. I know in today's age, entitlement is a word that's thrown out there uh, quite a bit. But Proverbs twenty five twenty six talks about uh, if the godly give in to the wicked, it's like polluting a fountain or muddying a spring. And anything that uh, you know, when you're uh, if you're ever camping or if you're ever out and about and and you're you're trying to find pure fresh water, you could anything that comes into it that pollutes it or anything just can cause all kinds of things with you as a person. And in the same way, as you're doing ministry, you want to start thinking through, okay, if I'm in this role, if I'm leading the small group charge, if I understand temple courts and house to house, the first thing just come through that is is work with humility and earn the right to uh, be heard. One of the things we like to also say is that it's a political campaign, not a military campaign. Mm -hmm. And uh, in a political campaign, it's based off relationship. Uh, In a military campaign, it's built off positional authority. And in the church world, uh, your senior leadership is just trying to figure out, are you a friend or a foe? And if you come in with humility and if you come in seeking to to be discovered, then uh, God's going to do... Uh, some incredible things. Uh, number two, uh, develop a reputation for responsibility. Um, you know, Proverbs 22, one says, choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. And what you want to do is uh, you want to have that reputation that uh, that you're responsible, that you are a go-to person, that no matter what, you stand in the gap and you, you make sure that it's done. Uh, you know, one of the most practical things you can do when you're working with senior leadership is you want to find out what his or her goals are, and you want to accomplish those first. What are your goals, Steve? Because you're my senior leader. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, wax and wash my car. That's my goal. So Wax uh, your back? Okay. <laughs> no, not quite like that, baby. <laughs> but, you know, uh, some of the mistakes that I see is that, you know, you're all excited about small groups and you'll just, 
you'll just try to, you know, just hammer that through because that is your role. And and I get that. But one of the best things you can do to change the culture to help a win over your your senior leadership is find out what their goals are. What do they want to accomplish? You know, at Saddleback Church, you know, so, some of the things are dearest uh, to Rick are our class system because we know that it's part of our assimilation strategy and baptisms. And those are uh, two things that I knew when I first came on staff were were part of that. And I did my best, even though uh, I was a small group pastor, to work to uh, make sure those things that were uh, close to his heart were were done to uh, the best uh, the best of his the best of my ability and in working to accomplish that. Another thing, uh, if you're following along, if you're linear, it'd be number three. Is it's. Um, don't be deceptive or manipulative. And I know nobody in ministry uh, signs up and says, oh, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to deceive my leadership or or I want to manipulate uh, anything, uh, you know, around me. But there, there is a, a dark side to leadership that can sometimes uh, do anything you can to, um, to get your agenda across. Uh, I love 2 Corinthians uh, 4.2. It says, um, rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commit, um, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And part of, you know, working alongside your senior leadership, you're going to be put in many different ways where, um, you know, you, you can call it a white lie, you can kind of call it bending, uh, bending the truth, or you um, may over-exaggerate, or you may do things to, uh, you know, kind of, you know, uh, look more favorably than uh, maybe it really is. But one of the things that uh, I know that uh, has endeared me to Rick's heart is uh, I, I love giving him those stats and those stories that are great, but also sometimes it's not a rosy picture. Uh, sometimes we're we're in a stuck place, or I'm in a stuck place, or or things like that. But it, and it's coming through, just you know, saying, "Hey, this is where we're at, and this is where I am at." And uh, part of that is you know when you're partnering together. Uh, you, you have that security that in the good times and in the tough times, um, you know, you, you're right there and you're being as truthful and as honest as you can. Uh, and then there's also some practical ways that you can partner together, that you can be there without, you know, being deceptive, but it's, you know, being informative that you're, you're helping your senior leadership see, see what you're doing, or you, you take steps to partnering with them so, so that you guys can be on the same page. Um, a couple practical ideas uh, that I always try to do is when we're doing our uh, DVD or our video curriculum, we try to um, in- incorporate Rick as much as possible. Try to help him be the main voice. Try to help him see that uh, I am an agent for what we want to do. Um, another practical thing you can do is if you're a, a small group um, uh, ministry leader is to figure out, okay, what events would I like my senior leadership to speak at? It may not just be the the senior pastor or the lead pastor, but it may be somebody else. So one of the things is, you know, around that point 
is you want to do what you can to partner together, but discard yourself from being deceptive or manipulative to make it seem like it's something that it really isn't and uh, pulling across there. Next thing uh, I want to talk to you about is um, when you're working with senior leadership, uh, and boy, if you've ever parented, this is so true, and I keep on uh, trying to, you know, echo this with my kids, and I try to remember this as I'm, uh, you know, uh, connecting with uh, Lisa, is choose the right time, place, and words. You know, now that that may seem like, you know, uh, uh, you know, just common sense. But if you're married, if you're parenting kids, uh, this is just, I mean, you do. I, I quickly have learned, and Eric, I know you have never made this this mistake, but, you know, uh, right before you're ready to go to bed when everybody is exhausted, that's not the time to bring up anything, you know. Uh, right. It's not the time to, you know, talk through things or yeah. uh, use, using language that, you know, can sometimes push their buttons that y- you know will trigger them. Uh, and so when you're dealing with senior leadership, you know, y- you really want to uh, go through this part of... Uh, just knowing their love language. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're in a relationship, uh, whether it's with your spouse or whether it's with your kids, you, t- in order to just love on them the best, you want to know their love language. Uh, probably some of the trickiest things, um, was, I mean, wasn't tricky with uh, Lisa, my wife, but because uh, one of our first small groups, we, we went through uh, the five love languages. But what was trickier was with my kids. Uh, was figuring out what was what was their love language, what was what spoken to them, and as as unique, even though they're from the same gene pool. Boy, we and just having two kids, we got you know two opposites, and um, so in the same way, you want to think through that. Uh, I love Proverbs sixteen twenty one. It says, "The wise are known for their understanding, and pleasant words they realize are persuasive." And part of when you're working with senior leadership, uh, I, I mean, like one of the, the easiest things I've learned is that uh, because I tend to be a little bit more task driven is, you know, the moment I see Rick, I want to engage with him and because I've got something I, I want to talk to him about. But what I've learned through the years is just understanding where he is at. Uh, I, I don't talk to him about anything, uh, you know, before service because he's focused on the service. Shockingly enough, he's not focused on me. I, d- I don't get why that that <laughs> happens like that, but um, but I think you guys uh, get that point. Number five, appeal to their uh, goals and their interests. And um, when when I'm talking about this, I, I love a passage out of Daniel. And in Daniel, we we see that he. Um, he was in some precarious positions uh, periodically. And in Daniel chapter one, uh, he was in a place where he was, um, they were asking him to compromise some of his values and, his, and the things that were near to him and God. And, and, and I get that. Uh, hopefully you're not uh, at a church where uh, they're asking you to compromise your, uh, your values uh, you know, in God's word. If, if they are, then, you know, quit and uh, go up on the small group network and <laughs> look at the job board. Um, but uh, with, with Daniel, I think he gave some some great leadership principles on how to appeal to um, the goals and interests. And, and earlier, I talked about, you know, trying to accomplish their goals first. And uh, part of that is is, you know, this 
is understanding that when you're a small group ministry uh, leader at your church, you, you need to understand that what you are doing is more of an art than it is a science. And there's there's nothing that can say one plus one plus one is you know how you you make this build this equation, but you find out that it's an art, and that many times you've got to think through ways of you know how do I how do I make that appeal um, so my goals or my interests can be in alignment with their theirs. And and Daniel one don't have time to go through that whole passage, but it's interesting that that Daniel asked for permission, and I think sometimes in ministry. Uh, we, we just kind of assume or, you know, because, you know, we, we know it's biblical that we should just go ahead and do it. But what, when Daniel asked for permission, it, it is part of what our mantra is, is that we're better together. No. And, and it's realizing that, you know, even though I think this might be the right step, maybe it's not. And so uh, one of the things that's in that passage is, is you, you, you look for permission, um, uh, I know that uh, although I have the authority to, to that I could take off anytime I wanted to, because Rick is very gracious with that, and he doesn't look at our calendar or my calendar at all. But I, I always just throw an email to saying, "Hey, would this be okay if I was off during this time?" I, again, I've I've never had a no or anything like that. But asking for permission is in that passage. Another thing that you see in um, in in verse nine is that there was obviously that the staff had respect and affection towards Daniel. And what you can surmise from that is that he built a relationship. And and part of that is just, you know, um, when, when you're trying to, you know, appeal for what you're trying to do in small group ministry is if you don't have a relationship first, then back off. Um, one of the things that we always uh, say in training is that, you know, if you have truth that you want to speak then in order for them to hear the truth, they've got to trust you. In order for them to trust you, you, ha- you have to spend time with them. And that time builds a relationship. And it's clear that, that Daniel had that. But Daniel also, you know, uh, was always thinking about, you know, what could be next, uh, you know, in his request. And, um, you know, it, it shows you there in verse 11 where, you know, he, he spoke to the attendant. You know, he, he was making a, a, an account. A case for the person who was his line in his line of command there uh, in the prison, and part of it is uh, respect. You know the structure of your church. Don't go around your supervisor. Don't 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 be like that. You don't need to. But you know Daniel was clear that you know he knew who to go to for what was next, and then he offered a suggestion. And I think when you're 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 trying to appeal for for goals and interests, is that you, you quickly see that uh, you know senior leadership is not just wanting to hear the problems; they're they're looking for the solutions. And so, if you can help bring solutions versus trying to you know just always say what's wrong, hey, you don't talk about small groups enough, or you don't do this, you don't do that. Well, we'll flip it around and and start to you know work towards. Uh, you know, some solutions of, of what they're at. You know, Daniel 1, you can kind of dig in a little bit more in verses 8 through 19, just give some some real helps to trying to figure out what are, you know, what are ways that I can get my, my goals or my interests. Daniel knew who had the king's ear. And uh, part of it is too, is you don't have to be best buds with your senior, senior leader. Um, but you do know you may need to know who 
is their best bud and, and talk with them. And part of that is, you know, always asking the question, I don't need to know every person at Saddleback Church. But I, I try to know, well, who's got their ear so that, you know, I can kind of be like Daniel and, and appeal in the right ways for the goals and interests that we're trying to do. Uh, number six is um, trust God even if your senior leadership respects, I mean, rejects your ideas. Um, Proverbs 3, uh, 5 through 6, just a, a common verse, and I know most of us could, could quote it. It's, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. And one of the things that uh, I have learned through, I think I'm in my 19th year here at Saddleback Church, is that um, I don't always get my way. It's right in theme with uh, me living at my house. I don't always get my way. Um, but but part of what you do is you trust God that he's uh, He's got you in that right place. And the, the leadership principle and the practical idea I would just tell you, and this is what I've learned through um, you know, my 30 years of being in small group ministry. There you go. You got your, your number. Yes. Uh, I know. <laughs> uh, is, you know, um, just work with what you have. Um, move with the movers. Um, your ideas may be rejected, but just do what you can. There's um, a great business principle called the Innovation. Innov, innov, oh boy, I can't even say it. <laughs> Innovation diffusion curve. Let's try that one again. That's a big one. That is a hard one. There's lots of syllables, and there's all, those are big. There's a big time words right there for me. Um, Innovation diffusion curve. If you want to Google that, um, you start to learn that uh, it, there's a business principle of early, mid, and late adopters. And um, what is fascinating to me is that when business approaches anything, they quickly see that the early adopters are only about 16%. But what's powerful about that 16% is that inside the 16% is 2.5% that will dictate how quick in, 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 in business, how much they'll penetrate a market, but how quick you will be able to um, change the culture uh, with whatever it is you're trying to do. And so one of the things that I, in the early days of Saddleback, clearly uh, because I didn't have uh, positional authority, because I wasn't known, uh, things moved slow. But we just moved with what we had, and we would uh, share life change stories, and we would uh, do what we could in the culture to uh, help get the the wins that um, Saddleback was needing at the time. But you know, when you work with the movers, uh, God will honor that, and God will uh, bless you through what you're trying to do. And so, as you're as you're wrestling with this and in onboarding with your senior leadership. Just know God's in control, and do what you can with what you have and who you know. Uh, it may be people in the children's ministry you know best, so maybe that's where you you, you get the foothold on small groups. Maybe in the in the student, or maybe in the adults, wherever it's at. Just look to what God is opening up. I know for me at Saddleback, what was the uh, the most receptive spot was in couples. And so we just worked on couples groups. That's all we did all the time. Matter of fact, when I look back at old, uh, uh, you know, records, uh, it was most of our groups were all just couples. 
And then it's grown now to uh, throughout our whole culture where, you know, we have 32 different languages spoken. We're, you know, in every city in Southern California and all around the world. But it started with just working where we're at. And just let me bring this home really quick with you. Um, Number seven is when you're trying to work with senior leadership, when you're trying to get them on board, when you're trying to change the culture uh, of your church, is you've got to make sure you know your calling. Your identity has to be firmly footed in Jesus Christ. Uh, I love the passage in John 21, 15, um, when Jesus is talking to Peter, and it's a it's a discourse that we know so well. When Jesus asks Peter, you know, do you do you love me? He says, Yes, Lord, I do. And Jesus says, Feed my lambs. And and we know that 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 um, he asks him three times, more likely than not, because he's trying to encourage him. Where for the three times he denied him. But what I love is when uh, in verse fifteen he said, uh, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon. Son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. And what is so evident when you read the scripture that when he says, do you love me more than these? What he's pointing to is earlier on in the scripture there, it says he caught 153 fish. And uh, Jesus was pointing to these uh, pile of fish that represented financial security for Peter. And when you know you're calling, you don't bail too early on what God is doing in your life. If you look at Judas and you look at Peter, two people who who in their own mind had uh, you know betrayed Christ in the worst way possible, Judas took matters into his own hands and you know he took his life. But Peter through uh, this discourse with Jesus, he was faced with a a, a tipping point question of uh, really one of financial security, uh, because Peter was going back to the trade that he knew best. And Jesus was really saying, do you really believe in me? Do you trust the calling I put on your life more than a pile of fish, more than financial freedom? And for each one of us, when we're doing ministry, any place in the church, you have to know that your identity, your calling is in Jesus and what he's doing with you. And so I would just encourage you is um, you never know when that breakthrough is going to happen. When I look at my time at Saddleback Church, it wasn't, you know, uh, the culture wasn't as receptive as it is today, but I definitely saw a tipping point, you know, between the, you know, around that fifth and sixth year in ministry. But So you never know when God is going to do it, and you may be in your church, and you may be going, I've been on staff 10 years and hitting the same nail, and nothing's happening. I, I hope that these seven things might help you to maybe gain the trust and, and the alignment in your church to help you uh, make the other half of the delivery system, uh, the house-to-house movement, uh, you know, complement the temple courts. And part of that just comes down to Uh, you seeking God and just trusting and obeying that he has you in the the right place. So let me recap for you really quick. First thing we talked about was humility, not entitlement. You know, seeking to um, uh, just be discovered uh, and not trying to trumpet who you are first. 
Uh, the second thing we talked about was develop a, a reputation for responsibility and accomplishing your senior leader's goals long before you, you think of yours. Third thing was uh, don't be deceptive or manipulative, that you're, you're going to be seen as a partner. You're not trying to angle them for your greater good, but you're trying to partner with them. And we talked about some great ways of doing that through video curriculum and maybe even speaking at your events. The fourth thing we talked about is choose the right time, the place, and the words. And uh, that was just simply, you know, we talked about uh, the love language and, and connecting with that. The fifth thing was, you know, when you're trying to appeal uh, them, understand, you know, how their goals and their interests, where they're at, and how they can align with yours. And just looking through Daniel and and the, the great pieces in Daniel of just, you know, seeking permission, offering solutions, giving, uh, giving way to uh, following the person that God had put over authority in him first before trying to, you know, route around and going uh, to the king. The sixth thing we talked about was uh, trust God. Uh, even if they reject your ideas at your church, uh, there, there's going to be a win there. And just working with what God has given you, uh, another piece in that is the parable of the talents. If God's giving you one talent, work it to the best that you can. And then always know your calling, that God didn't make a mistake, that uh, your identity is set in Christ. Well, I know one of the toughest things is working with senior leadership and helping them understand what you know to the core of your fiber is so true, and that is when God designed the church, it wasn't just temple courts, but it was temple courts and house to house and how those two work together. So my prayer for you is that these seven things will help you uh, build the trust, build the alignment, build the reputation that you are working with the church that God's placed you at. You're not trying to take over the church God's placed you at. Have a, a great time, and I pray this has been a blessing to you. Steve, thank you so much. That was awesome. And Steve, thank you so much for all that you do for the network. Um, really, your leadership is, uh, is just keen to what we're doing. And guys, thank you so much for listening today. Um, we wanted to let you know, obviously, there's so many resources available for you at smallgroupnetwork.com. Um, if you have any questions for Steve, we actually have um, a section on the website called Ask Steve. He's more than welcome to answer any questions that you might have. So go ahead and send uh, any questions through there. Um, we've got events that are popping up all over the world right now. So once again, go take a look at our website, smallgroupnetwork.com. And we'll be talking to you real soon. Take care. All right, guys. See you later. And I answer those things personally. So ask Steve. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes so you can get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you wouldn't mind doing us a favor, please rate the podcast and leave comments so other small group ministry leaders can easily find us. To connect with a small group network huddle in your local area, read our blog, join us on Facebook, or access additional resources. Visit our website at smallgroupnetwork.com. Remember to use the hashtag when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.